Let the church say amen. 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 If God has been good, say amen again. Amen. I bring you greetings from the Boston Range Church of Christ. Uh, first of all, we give God the glory and the honor for this day, amen. this opportunity. And I want to thank you personally for allowing the brothers to allow me to come yell at you for about an hour. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Uh, I'll try not to take up too much of your time. Uh, I hear today is you all's family and friends day. Man. Now next Sunday is Box Springs family and friend day. Right. And I get to yell at them. So God has really been good to right. get to preach this Sunday. And Lord's willing, I might get to holiday next Sunday. Right. But while I have your attention, if you have a copy of God's word, uh, meet me in John chapter 9. I'll try to be quick about it. Uh, one thing I notice, I'm looking around, and I see a lot of tall brothers. <laughs> I'm not one of those tall brothers. I was thinking of coming down, you know, and when I was first here, I saw the mic, and I said, I, I won't be able to come down and get him. And then he gave me the photo of the mic, and I said, well, maybe I should preach from here. But then I saw all these tall brothers, and I said, no, nah, I'm going to stay up here. Right. <laughs> so I live more intimidating. <laughs> as a short preacher, now, one thing I learned, short preachers ain't long. Right. <laughs> Many things, brother, made that I am, but long ain't one up. All right, right. All right. One of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, where it says, the word of God is quick and yeah. powerful. Yeah. And I believe if the word of God is quick and powerful, and my message is from the word of God, then my message ought to be quick. <laughs> John chapter 9. It was read into your hearing by the young man uh, who did an excellent job, my Excellent job. It's, it's nice to see other young men standing in to fill the gap. Now, where I'm from, uh, we don't have too many youth. In fact, we have five youth in the whole congregation, and you're looking at three of them. Right here. Right. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a dire need to have young people yeah. that are brave enough, bold enough to stand in the gap. When God needs workers, it's nice to see young men who can fill that space. Man. In John chapter 9, we read the story of a blind man. Let me read it to you again. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he asked, thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came to see him. The neighbors, therefore, and they which had seen him before, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat in bed? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore they said unto him, how were thy eyes open? 
And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. And he said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received supper. Now, I want to sort of build off the topic. A purpose-driven life. A purpose-driven life. In the book of John, uh, John was always referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Right. Not that Jesus loved John more than any other disciples, for God is no respect of persons. Yeah. But John always uh, uh, esteemed himself as the one Jesus had deep love for. If you remember when Jesus died, uh, he looked over at, at John and said, take care of my mother. Because he knew John had a love for him. Yeah. John had a deep love for Christ that if Christ was no longer here, he knew that John would carry out the works in which he set forth. Right. Uh, John always wrote about love. And as Christians, we ought to use that, that word love. We, we use it too loosely. Right. But Jesus Christ was the very essence of love. Any time in the book of John, you see people recognizing Jesus as the Christ, son of the living God. It's what we call the climatic point. Right. Because John has reached his purpose. Yeah. In our Christian lives, our purpose ought to be the same thing. Yeah. Oftentimes, Christians, we go through things. We, we go through this thing called life, and we face many ups and many downs. And man, some days we feel like we're on top of the world, and sometimes we feel like we're on the ground. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like, man, we can handle anything the devil throws. Sometimes we, we just want the devil, man, we need no today. Yeah. I don't feel like being involved. Yeah. Sometimes life has a tendency to throw us curveballs. And the question always ponders in our minds, right? Why me? Yeah. In the book of Job, chapter 9, we are about to be introduced to a man who was born with an ailment. But Jesus had to remind those around him. Right. His ailment wasn't his punishment. Right. You see, as children of God, sometimes we, when we go through things, uh, we believe that it may be something due to our fault. Well. Now, there are only two reasons a storm will come in your life. Storms have two purposes in your life. Right now. Do you remember when Jesus and the disciples were out on the boat? Mm -hmm. And the wind, man, those winds started beating up the ship. Yeah. The disciples, they, they became afraid. They didn't know what to do. They went screaming and hollering to Jesus. Don't you care that we, we up here perishing? Right. You see, Jesus had to wake up, get up, and say, oh, ye, a little faith. Yeah. You yeah. see, a, a storm will show you where you are in Christ Jesus. Man. There was also a man by the name of Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? Yeah. yeah. The Bible said Jonah went the very opposite of what God told him to go. And God literally, if you read the translation, God literally hurled or threw winds at Jonah. Yeah. God had to send a storm Jonah's way. I told you, storms only have two purposes. It's either to show you where you are or to grab your attention and yeah. bring you back. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. This man had been through a storm his entire life. Now you, you gotta understand this. He was born blind. Right. That means as a boy, he was blind. Yeah. As a teenager, he was blind. As a young man, he was blind. Now, now today, we live in a society where being blind, it, it has its, it can have advantages. You know, being blind, uh, you get government assistance, you get your, your, your cane or your oxygen dog, it, it, you're able to go about your normal everyday life, even being blind. Right. But back then, they didn't have all that. That's right. In fact, in the Bible days, if you could see, they considered you as nothing. Yeah. First off, they treated you like an outcast because they believed you were blind because somebody sinned. Well, that's right. So they asked, who sinned? <laughs> Jesus is going to do something powerful here. He does something amazing. That's what I love about this entire text. Right. Jesus is going to give this man's life purpose. Right. And see, what I found is as Christians, young and old alike, oftentimes we we fail a lot, or we, we don't know where to go, or we get confused, or we get stagnant, we get stuck. You know why? Because we don't know our purpose. Right. It's hard to live a life. It's hard to do anything when you don't know why you're doing it. I'm the type of person who believes that college isn't for everyone. College isn't for everyone. I know that firsthand because yeah. I went to college. I know that firsthand. I said, even sometimes school isn't for everyone. I know some men who didn't even graduate school and raised a, a household of 12 kids yeah. and taught them good, too. But I, I, I say this because when I, I remember I was going through college, and college was one of my storms. College was really one of my storms, and I would get so upset because I would, I would, I knew that I was a brilliant young man, and I had been from elementary all the way through high school. Man, it was easy. Yeah. Blue through it. I remember I would come home and I would never do my homework because I would do it on the bus ride to school. Or I would go in the bathroom 15 minutes before school and I would do the homework. Man, it was just too easy. I remember all the way to the last week of school, you had the easiest work to do. Watch a movie or color something. Man, I used to love high school. But when you get to college, there's no crayons. There's no movies to watch. It's work, work, work. Uh, Study, 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 and then there's nobody telling you to do it. Right. You gotta do it. Nobody will remind you, man, did you do that at night homework? So college was different for me, and when I was going, I would often fall into uh, the, the temptation of what I call procrastination. Well, yeah. Man, I used to tell everybody, I could be pro in procrastination. <laughs> man, the teacher tell us two months ahead of time, you got a, a midterm do it, you got a final do it, you got a, a, a paper due. I would wait always, man, like two days before it was due, to start crunch time, man. And I would always drive myself crazy, and I, I used to get angry because I couldn't see my purpose. Well, so one day I asked myself, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I even here in college? <laughs> I remember I had a, what you call it, an epiphany. What <laughs> <laughs> a big word, epiphany. <laughs> I had a talk to myself, sitting in my car, in the parking lot, and I had to ask myself, why am I even here? And I really did think about giving up. I really did think about quitting. But I had uh, some members of the Church of Christ, uh, some father figures telling me I could. I had a mother telling me, you either going to go to school, or you're going to work, or you're going to get out of here. <laughs> but see, that wasn't my purpose. And I remember now, I remember 
to myself, I'm one of those people that tend to overthink things. I think too far ahead, too far ahead. Yeah. I'm already coming home to a wife I ain't even met. <laughs> I already got my kids named and they ain't even born. Amen. <laughs> and I remember now, because sometimes I forget like that. I, I think about the future, man, I think heavily on it. But I, I remember not to worry. And I said, don't worry about tomorrow, because guess what? Tomorrow you don't worry about itself. That's right. You just trust and focus on me. I'll take care of tomorrow. I'll take care of next year. I'll take care of the rest. Right? But I do wonder. It's the difference between wondering and worry. Right. I wonder all. Yeah. Now I remember telling myself, I can't quit. Yeah. Because if I quit because things get too hard, what's going to happen when my son comes up to me and say, Dad, I don't want to go to school. Right. Or dad, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to play on the football team no more. Or dad, I don't want to go to work no more. And I said, why? Because it's too hard. And I say, son, you can't quit. And he looks at me and says, well, you did. So I remember, I can't quit. I got to push through. Yeah. I found a purpose. Yeah. And I ain't saying that school got easier. Right. But I remember why I was there. Right. I couldn't give up. Yeah. I went back in and I kept trying, I kept trying, and I remember even feathering the test. I remember coming out, feathering the test, but because I went in and gave it my all, God turned that thing around, and I remember the teacher curved my grade. Well, and I ended up passing with a 75. I know God is able. Yes. I know God is able. He's a deliverer. But when you find your purpose in life, it makes things worth it. Yeah. It makes it work keep getting up in the morning. Yeah. It makes it work going to work. Sometimes I, I think about quick. Anybody in here ever wake up, you get you get you got two or three different alarm set. I'm the type of person I have three alarm set. Three. Because the first one is just to, to remind me that I have to go to work. It's not to get me up for work, it's just to remind me. I hit them on, okay, today must be a weekday. <laughs> the second alarm is to get me up so that I can get dressed, but sometimes I don't get up. Yeah. The third alarm is, uh-oh, I got five minutes. Yeah. I got to go. So usually by the third alarm, I'll hop up and do what I got to do, and I take off. But I have three alarms set because sometimes I wake up and, man, I quit my job about two or three times. And then I, yeah, every morning, wake up, man, I don't need this job. <laughs> then I remember, I got to eat. Yeah. The Bible said, man, that don't work, and I love to eat. <laughs> so I can't right. It gives me a purpose. That's right. I go to work. People always ask me, man, how was work today? Well, I'm healed. Yeah. Man, how, how you feeling today? Well, God blessed me and woke me up this morning. I, I try not to think too much about working. I just try to make it Friday. Yeah. That's not going to go. You know why? Because Friday is payday. Yeah. And I usually don't have to work on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> if I find a purpose and it helps life go a lot smooth, yeah. it helps me keep going. Yeah. I tell you all that to tell you this. When we find our purpose in this Christian race, It'll make it worthwhile. This man was born blind his whole life. Yeah. And I know he had to ask why. Yeah. His whole life he had to sit outside and beg people. Yeah. I don't know if any of you, if you in here ever had to beg. But right. can you imagine being a grown man? You're supposed to be the leader, the provider, the protector. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is beg. Right. I don't know any of you who's ever been through that. I've never had to go through that, and I thank God for that. Amen. 
But this man had to beg his whole life. Yeah. There was nothing else for him to do. And I know, I know just deep down, he had to be thinking, why did this have to happen to me? Right. I didn't sin. My father didn't sin. Yeah. My mother didn't sin. Now it was believed back in biblical days that if a person was born with illness, somebody sinned. Right. They actually believed that babies could sin. Yeah, I, I had to look, I looked at that thing twice. What? Babies could sin? Yeah, y'all remember uh, was it Esau and Jacob? Born in the womb, and he was already causing trouble. In the womb. Wasn't even out yet. They believed that. If a baby came out with an ailment, he sinned up in that womb. Now, I don't know how much sin you can commit in a womb. Right. <laughs> what is that for you to do in there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch this. Jesus had to tell him in verse 3. Watch the purpose. Neither has this man seen, nor his parents. So then why was he born with this error? That the works of God should be made manifest in him. Yeah. Watch this now. As Christians, we, we man, we always telling people or showing people, because you gotta remember, your life is a servant. Yeah. Your co-workers, your neighbors, your kids, your husbands, your wives, your family, friends, schoolmates, whatever you call them. Many of them will never pick up a Bible again in their life. That's right. The only scriptures they'll ever read is the lives you live. That's right. That's right. So we ask, why me? I used to ponder it all the time. Uh, you see, this here is my, my family. Now, I don't mean to be a, a mean guy, but I have to be straightforward. Yeah. My family is used to producing some big people. Yeah. Some heavyset people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some husky people. Yeah. Now, no offense. Now, they're going to get me later, but I can, I'm safe while I'm up here. As long as I'm up here, I'm safe. Yeah. I'll deal with it on the ride home. Right. I'll do that to make a point. Yeah. Of my entire family, now, if you're just looking at us, which one looks like we have diabetes? I'm just gonna be honest with you. Neither of them. I was the only one born with type, not born, but do, who developed type one juvenile diabetes at the age of eight. I used to just find that so ironic. Yeah. The smallest thing in my family, shortest thing just about, if you don't count my sister. Shortest thing in the family, smallest thing in the family. Got a good metabolism, man. Don't always eat right like I should, but I try to do a little bit, try to exercise. Yeah. And then how then I was I was the one who got the type one juvenile diabetes. Right. And it was hard growing up with diabetes. I got tired of kids asking me, oh, you can't eat that. Let me have it. You don't know what I can eat. <laughs> Man, I used to make fun of me so much. I I would laugh when I was able to type to get angry. Funniest thing I ever heard, just a side note. Funny thing I ever heard, a girl got mad at me, who was in home man. Who was at home man, she knew I was a diabetic. She got so mad, she was like, I hope you eat a cookie and die. And I just bust out and started laughing. Everybody else in the class trying to figure out why she would say something so cruel. I was like, can you imagine me eating a cookie and just like not appearing anymore? Like I was watching the movie Jamani where Kevin Hart eats the cake and he just blows up. Like that's one of the things that went off in my mind. If I was to eat a cookie and just all of a sudden stop existing. Yeah. That was hilarious to me. But people always picked on me for having diabetes. Not only that, it was hard. 
One minute you feeling fine, and the next minute blood sugar could drop. Yeah. I remember being in the store, just walking around minding my business, blood sugar drop. Yeah. Had to rush me to the emergency room. I remember uh, not being able to eat, literally not being able to eat what everybody else ate because I knew, okay, if I eat this and don't take my insulin or don't take enough insulin, I can end up in the hospital. Yeah. In fact, I spent most of my third grade year in the hospital because of my diabetes. Stayed back a year, was held back because I missed months of school due to my diabetes. Right. And man, I used to hate that so much. I used to hate, why me, Lord? Why would you allow me to be born with diabetes? What did I do to deserve this? And God was, he allowed me to come to this passage. If the works of God are gonna be made manifest, right. if the world is gonna be able to look and see can a child of God have diabetes and still be a powerful tool for the Lord? Right. Then why not me? Right. The world needs to be able to look at you and say, I know I can do it. Yeah. Why? Because Brother Hatchet, he has diabetes and he doesn't let that go. Right. I didn't start actually taking care of my diabetes. I, man, I used to say, A1C was, I believe, 13? Yes. Yes. I didn't start taking care of my diabetes until I, I came to the point of realization that I was going to be a preacher. I was going to allow God to use me. Right now. But see, God can't use you if you're somewhere in the hospital. Right. God can't use you to go preach the message. You always somewhere later sick. And one morning, as I was getting ready for church, on my way to church, not on my way, but as I was getting ready to prepare myself for worship, I bottomed out and didn't make it to worship. My mom and, and all my family members had to rush in and, and it was just a crazy morning for them. And this was a Sunday morning and everyone in the house missed worship because of me. Now as I came to, as I came to my senses, I ran to the door. My mom said, what's it out? Where you think you're going? I said, mom, I'm going to church. Because that was my mindset. My mindset was I want to be a servant for God. But that day I realized, God cannot use me fully if I'm not taking care of myself. Right. He gave you this illness so that you could conquer it, not so that the illness could conquer you. Right. From that day forward, I made a vow to God. Right. I'm going to watch, I'm going to try my best to take care of my diabetes. I promise you. If you see the way I eat or you see the way I try to exercise, it ain't perfect. It ain't the perfect living life, I'm telling you. I'm far from hurt, I'm far from there. But man, I do a whole lot better. My A1C, according to my law, my A1C is now a 6.7. It's nobody but God. Because I found my purpose. My purpose is to let people see Christ in me, even with type of you and Man. You have a purpose. No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what it is, that life has just got you better now. It may be finances. It may be a messed up home. It may be a disordered background. Some of us have dysfunctional backgrounds, dysfunctional families. Yeah. I suffer with that too. Some of us have a past we don't want people to know about. Yeah. But guess what? Some people need to know your past. Some people need to know your testimony. Yeah. You can't have a testimony without going to a test. But if you don't want to tell nobody what you went through, how they gonna know that they can make it? This man finds his purpose when he comes in contact 
with Jesus. Yes, sir. Yeah. The man was blind. Yeah. Jesus just so happened to be passing by. Right. Right. It's at this moment that Jesus contacts the man. That the man makes contact with Jesus. Jesus said, now go wash. Spits on the ground, put it on, go wash. Right. And he does what Jesus tells him to do. Yeah. At this moment, he is healed. Mm -hmm. The people all wonder, wait a minute. Ain't that that man that used to beg? Uh -huh. yeah. Some couldn't even believe it. Nah, that, that can't be him. He don't even walk the same. He don't even look the same. Come on now. He ain't even talking the same. Well. Some said, well, it looked like him. He had to remind him. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, right. How did you overcome a man by the name of Jesus? Yes, sir. Yeah. Don't allow your circumstances yeah. to keep you from fulfilling your purpose. Right. You see, what you're in, I have a powerful preacher, used to always say, your current condition is not your conclusion. Right. Just because you're stuck now doesn't mean God can't turn it around and yeah. turn it into your victory. Yeah. You don't believe me? We'll read the book of Joshua sometime. We, I don't want to take too much of time. We don't have the time to go through it. But, but in the book of Joshua, it's around uh, chapter 6 through 9, 6 through 9, uh, the book of Joshua, the Israelites are going to go to war. They're going to take over Jericho, then they're going to try to take over Ai. And they go to take AI, and for the first time ever, they lose. That's right. They lose. 36 men die. Yeah. And something they should have been able to easily take over, easily yeah. do. But yeah. because of sin, yeah. they couldn't do it. That's right. So then they go back and repent. They ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. They make things right with God. God then turns their loss into triumph. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He turns it around. Because the same way they lost, they went back again and pretended they were losing again. In the same way that they lost, and everybody in the city thought, oh, we got them again, y'all. Let's get them this time. Everybody came out running. Said they had some men on the other side away. Yeah. So when they came out, the men in the back came, and the men in the front turned around. Mm -hmm. And that's how God will do your situation. Yeah. Whatever it is you think is beating you, you think it's winning, you think this cancer got you. Well, cancer don't have you. You have cancer. Diabetes don't have me. I have diabetes. Right. God will turn it around. Yeah. But here's the deal. Watch what happens. He had to come in contact with Jesus. Yeah. And then do what Jesus told him to do. Man. Our problem is sometimes we don't even get to contact. Yeah. How do I know, brother? <laughs> when two or three are gathered together in my name. Yeah. There I'm in the midst of them. Yeah. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as a man of some men. Come on now. Some of us won't even come to a Wednesday night Bible study. And keep wondering why we haven't come in contact with Jesus. Some of us do so bad, man, we'll come to Sunday morning because we believe, well, he, he said I had to go to that. But I ain't coming back no Sunday afternoon. Uh-uh. Not the, the game on the day. We have to make contact. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes contact. But not only that, some of us we make contact. But we don't do what he tells us to do. Yeah. We won't do what he tells us to do. So our tragedy stays tragedy. Yeah. And he can't turn it into triumph. 
Right. We're not allowing God to take hold of our situation and make us into something powerful. Amen. Verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. Yeah. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Yeah. Don't miss that. Jesus is the light yeah. of the world. Yeah. When God made the earth, he set a ball of fire in the midst called the sun. The sun is actually a representation of the sun. Yeah. The sun of God. Yeah. The sun gives light to everything. Yeah. And when the sun is being illuminated, there's no darkness. Man. There's nothing that can hide in the darkness. Jesus is that light of the world. Man. Now, as Christians, we ought to be more like Jesus. Man. How do you know, brother? Because Matthew 5 and 14 is going to say, ye are the light of the world. Yeah. But I thought Jesus was the light of the world. Well, watch this. There's also another ball called what? The moon. Yeah. Now, I used to think to myself, the moon shines off its own light, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yo, you want to know why you can see it at night even when the moon is up? It's because the moon reflects the light of the sun. Mm -hmm. As Christians, mm -hmm. we are called to be moon. Well, we have to reflect the light that Jesus gives. That's it. Amen. Come on, preacher. Brother, where is my purpose? Got any readers in our lives? Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Where? Yeah. Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Yeah. I want you to go all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. Start at verse 13. Yeah. If I have a reader, can I hear you? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The conclusion of the whole thing. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is what? For this is man's all. This is my purpose. Yeah. Fear God, keep his commandments. Yeah. The whole conclusion of the matter. Yeah. Some of you are here today. You may be visiting, but I promise you, there's a reason to be here. Yeah. There is a reason, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, there is a reason and a purpose yeah. for all things. All yeah. oh, things. You feel for a reason this morning. Yeah. You, know, you thought you were just here to get a good meal. <laughs> get some good to eat and be on your way. <laughs> but no, God has better plans for you. So I'm going to give you some spiritual food to go with that physical. Amen. Right. In order for us to fulfill our purpose, we have to obey. Man. Make contact. You just made contact. Yeah. You're in the house where God dwells. Man. You're in the house where God dwells. Man. This is the contact. Yeah. Now you have to be willing to do what God is asking you to do. What's he asking me, preacher? Hear it. That's right. Hear the word of God. Yeah. Romans 10, 17. So faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man. Then you can't stop that. Believe what you've heard. Yeah. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yeah. Believe that Jesus Christ is the man this book says he is. Once you believe it, now listen, once you believe it, you have to be willing to confess what it is that you believe. Because if you just believe but you don't want to tell nobody, 
Jesus said, if you afraid to confess me before men, guess what? Ain't gonna confess you before my father, which is in heaven. Amen. That's right. Jesus got a father, and he said, my angels, my boys, my crew. It's like, if you afraid to confess God before your crew, your homies, your A1 since day one, guess what? Jesus said, when I come back, when me and my boys come back flung on that cloud, ain't gonna confess you. Either. Jesus, don't you know that I was a member all over at Lowe's? Never knew Jesus. Let's try it God's way. Amen. Once you repent, you have to be with it. Here's the hard part. To get with well. To go down in the liquid, liquid grave of baptism. I know some people fight with that. Mm -hmm. I just got this happy. It ain't gonna get with well. Listen to me now. Well. He that believes and is baptized, the same shall be saved. Amen. But he who believes not, doing already. Have to be baptized. You heard. Do you believe? Now this ain't just for none. Y'all do know that, right? Because mm -hmm. we preach law, we give out that the little five steps, and we know well, that ain't for me. We go to closing our Bibles and getting ready to show, but get what? Just like none members, you need to hear it too. That's right. You also need to believe. You also need to confess Jesus before your co-worker, before your friend, before your neighbors, before your family. You need to confess him with your life, not with You also need to repent. Forgive us as they as we forgive our trespasses. You need to repent. I know, I know for a fact that I'm not perfect. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we too need to repent. And guess what? Now we may not have to go down in that liquid grave again. But we need to be cleansed. Baptism is a cleanse. And it says that the blood of Christ cleanses us daily. Daily. It needs to be a cleansing daily. Putting off the old man. Every day, I'm a different man. I lied yesterday. Ain't gonna do that today. Man, I was tempted to buy one of them tickets yesterday. Ain't gonna do that today. It's for members as well as none. My message to you is one. Have you found some purpose? Right. You need a purpose. Right. If so, you can do. You can find it today. Here today. If you've not obeyed the gospel, come find your purpose. If you have obeyed the gospel, stop living your purpose. Yes, ma'am. Today, let's be together, stand aside. Without you, Lord.